These songs make me want to punch myself in the balls. I'm Sam. Well, you know, at least they got a record. Uh, I'm Jackie. Like Webster's Dictionary, we're Morocco bound. I'm Justin, and this is Ishtar on Stinger Madness. Hello, welcome to Sticker Madness. This week on the podcast that's about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers and groups that are is hosted by Justin, Sam, and Jackie. Uh, uh, the show is currently streaming on Tubi TV. The art, maybe Sam will go into this, but one of the biggest flops of all time starring Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty uh, from 1985, I think? Seven. Seven. Ishtar. Uh, Sam, Go. Well, Ishtar was a giant flop. Um, it, I think, cost 51... No one actually knows how much money this movie costs, really. Mm-hmm. It actually opened. It had it beat Beverly Hills Cop 2. Even okay. though I, I think Beverly Hills Cop 2 had been out for a while. Mm. But it like had the best opening weekend that weekend. And then okay. everybody was like, don't do it. Yeah. So it only made back fourteen million of the fifty-one supposed, but that I'll is... get into why no one really knows how much this cost. So fi- fifty-one fi- for a comedy in nineteen eighty-seven is a lot of money, even if it was only that much. Uh, IMDb has it at fifty-five, so it's right in that. It's, it's we're somewhere plus fifty, which is an insane amount of money in nineteen eighty-seven for anything, Sam. Anything. None of the Star Wars cost that much movie money. None of the Indiana Jones cost that much money. None of the Back to the Futures cost that much money. I, I'm not sure other than like some Cecil B. the Mill uh, freaking Cleopatra bullshit adjusted for inflation. It never cost that much money. It's insane. How much did freaking T2 cost? Like a hundred million dollars in 1990 million. or 91. And people were like, this 92. is insane. It was in 92. And so that's five years later, twice the budget. And you see they invented new filmmaking techniques, a for both star Wars and T2. I mean, where did the money go? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, please. Okay. So it starts out with, the life debt that Warren Beatty has to one Elaine May. Uh, the writer and director of Ishtar, Elaine May, who worked with Mike Nichols for years and is a really funny lady, has written some... Uh, she got nominated for an Academy Award on Primary Colors. Okay. She's done good work. But she wrote uh, Heaven Can Wait, which got Academy Awards mm-hmm. for uh, Best Director for Buck Henry and okay. uh, Warren Beatty. Yeah. And she also did the uncredited rewrite that Beatty thinks is why Reds was such a Academy darling as well. Hmm. All right. So he's like, I owe this lady all my brass. She's and in Elaine May's career, she had already uh, the heartbreak kid with Charles Grodin, mm-hmm. which was a Neil Simon play. She mm-hmm. did that. That's great. Mm-hmm. I don't believe she had final cut on that because at that time she was in between a new leaf with um, Walter Matthau, which was apparently twice as long. In, like it was a 180 minute cut that she wanted and they like slashed it down and everyone loves that movie. Despite her being like, yeah, they cut out like half of the movie and the consensus is, well, the half that's left is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 
And then Mikey and Nikki with uh, Cassavetes and Peter Falk. She also had the final cut stripped from her on that. Mm. In modern times, in recent years is a better better way to say that instead of in today's modern society. In today's modern society of the Criterion Collection, uh, Mikey and Nikki had a re-release of her cut. And people seem to really like it, though. So on that one, I guess she's right. I... You usually want to side with um, the director on their cut of it. Um, so what Beatty has done now is he's gone. This lady has it. So he comes up with his plan is Elaine gets to make a movie. No ifs, ands, or buts. Whatever she wants in the Bert Fields, his agent that's their negotiating position is that it's called Bert, whatever she wants. Okay. And so what she wants is to make a movie with Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty. That's a buddy comedy. That's basically a regurgitation of the road to Bob Hope and uh, the road to Morocco. Bing. Well, they did a bunch of road to there was a series of them. That's the hell do I know? People remember Road to Morocco is the one I know. In fact, my my opening line is a quote from the Road to Morocco. Yeah, she wants to do that Bing Crosby thing with Bing Crosby, Bob Hope with Dustin Hoffman and uh, Warren Beatty. And I guess you get a little bit of the tall man and the short man thing happening here. That's comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's so much taller. But she wants... Beatty to do the hope thing and Hoffman to do the handsome guy thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever was, Elaine wants, Bert, yeah, right. Bert, whatever exactly. she wants. Hey, I'm going to stop you right there. Um, Warren Beatty in high, I learned this years in the last few years, really the Warren Beatty has been a champion uh, throughout his career of supporting female women behind the scenes uh, throughout his career. I've already said that I'm Austin powerings out. Um, but I want, I'm posing you. This is in the before time. I mean, we're barely scratching the surface of female directors right now. Do you think Elaine may didn't quite have the success just because of her private parts? I think early on, I think the, the argument towards that is Mikey and Nikki. Okay. That she, was not behind the camera as much as she should have been. And also like she didn't even get credit for reds. Yeah. See, that's suspicious. And at one point, not there yet, but Beatty doesn't fire her because he's like, I can't do that. I'm championing this cause. This movie is going to end up wherever it ends up. They actually all liked it by the time it was over, Mm. which is fun. Um, I'll get to that later. So anyway, they it's whatever Elaine wants. This is what she wants to do. Hoffman's in, Beatty's in. They're selling it to whoever's going to buy it under the condition that what's the budget? Whatever the fuck we spend, that's the budget. Yikes. You've got Hoffman, you've got Beatty, you'll make it back. Or not. Um. They could have had they not buried it because this thing got shelved for 20 years, too. They basically put this on a shelf and wouldn't let anyone watch it for like 20 fucking years. 
uh, other than the TV stations that already had copies of it that were just airing it and sending it around anyway. It is so weird that they could have made more money on this had they not been so ashamed of it. Like the production troubles seem to be where its reputation comes from because Columbia ends up buying it. They're like, well, somebody else is going to buy it. Somebody else is going to fund this if we don't fund it. Even early on, everyone's like, does the desert Moroccan thing, does that even really work with the story here? Right. And it turns out that that argument is quelled immediately because at the time, Coca-Cola, who doesn't even own themselves at this point, owns Columbia Pictures. Mm-hmm. And somehow Colum- Coca-Cola had a bunch of money in Morocco that they couldn't repatriate. <laughs> so they're in. They're like, they're oh, like you got a fucking blank check. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? Is it guns? God knows, right? Because they don't even own themselves anymore. Coke so those gorillas. records are, are long <laughs> since lost. Okay. Uh, the, the watershed of this whatever you want in Morocco, Coca-Cola saying <laughs> they, after this gets released, Coke is out on the movie business. That's when Sony gets Columbia. They thought They're about like, making you want this shit right they thought, here. They thought about making a biopic and they were going to call it the Moroccan connection, but then they would have exposed all their nefarious actions in yes. Africa. Coca-Cola, the black, the cola black market. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they had. To, I mean, it's it's got to be nefarious, That's, right? Uh, if I mean, you can't repatriate it, that means it's nefarious. Can't get this money out of this country. And that's and then they sell Sony this whole picture studio, and they're like, "What? You don't want this anymore?" Like, no, we got our money back out of Morocco, <laughs> and it's Ishtar. Ishtar is what we got it's for that. Very washed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So the Moroccan shooting schedule, which went first, and I think even when you're watching it, you can kind of see that they were having a much better time in Morocco than they were in New York because they shot that first. And originally it had a 10-week shooting schedule mm-hmm. that was obviously not met. No. It went way over. And all sorts of bad shit happened, like because Morocco wasn't really set up for um, making movies at all. So, like, they had a camera problem, and they just, like, sent a guy with the camera on a plane back to New York to have it fixed and bring it back. Yeah, okay. That adds up. As long as that money was spent in Morocco, Coke's fine with it. Right. Because they can't repatriate that nefarious yeah, money somehow. Right. Um, They also had, like, just all sorts of logistics. Uh, it, it, the, And then there was also threats that... The stars were going to get kidnapped because mm-hmm. at that time, uh, Israel and the PLO were going at it hard. Not great. My, how things have changed. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jared Kushner. Um, but, <laughs> <oof>. <laughs> he fixed it. He said he fixed it. He, he fixed it. <laughs> um, one also like they were trying to be traitors like at one point they found a blue-eyed camel and this is what i couldn't figure out whether or not the camel was supposed to be blind or just blue-eyed was the code word and the blind camel thing just ends up being an ad hoc comedy bit later because they found a blue-eyed camel okay and it's apparently super rare Okay. okay and the guy buying the camel that works for the 
the production's like, oh no, these Arabian traders, I know how to get them. So he goes around to other places looking for a blue-eyed camel because he's not going to pay whatever that guy said with Coke's free nefarious money. <laughs> he knows the score. Right. So he goes around and finds out the blue-eyed camels are like fucking rare as shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he goes back and the guy ate the camel. What? Yeah. They eat camels? The guy, well, the guy ate the blue-eyed camel according to the trivia on this shit. Uh-huh. I didn't. He's like, okay, fine, whatever you want for that blue-eyed camel. He's like, it's in my belly. I hate it. Far too late. So that guy didn't know the score. Cumin, obviously wrong. A little bit of cayenne, lots of salt and pepper. But the nice thing is, is if you eat a camel, you don't need to have a glass of water with you because it's a camel. Boo. <laughs> that was so terrible. Yeah, you just drink it out of its hump yep. like a coconut. You just stick a straw in there. And no, you, 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 you stick its femur into its tummy. It's a big straw. Not into its tummy, into its hump. That's where it keeps all the stuff. Yeah, you suck out the tummy, too. It's good. It's good. Camels are good. That's what I've heard from Moroccans. From huh. this one guy that we know I'm of sure now that, eat, that ate a blue-eyed I mean, camel. There's a good way to cook everything, right? Yeah, I know, but I just like allegedly yak sizzler is one of the most delicious things ever. And if you've ever smelt a yak, they are smelly. Right, but they're they're your livelihood. You don't. We don't eat horses because people make money off them. That's like why. I mean, other than that, they're cute furry creatures, but they're a the source French of eat horses. I know, but they don't have a source of income for them. Uh, you don't eat your money, and in Morocco, you could make money with camels. You don't eat your money. Seems stupid. That guy did. Okay. It's his prerogative, I guess. Why not? Maybe he had a shitload of them. (laughs) That he's going to eat. Yeah. And he was just bitter because this one had a chance at show business and he blew it with his personality. So he's like, that's That's it. Skewer for you, buddy. (laughs) Probably what happened is the guy that from Hollywood shows up and he's like, do you have a blue eyed camel? He's like, fuck, I do. Nobody wants this fucking thing. I'll give it to you for this much. And he's like, I know how you fuckers operate. I'm out of here. He's like, fuck, I'll never sell this thing. So he ate it. Or he's just mad. Like, that was my shot, camel. (laughs) Big star. son of a bitch. (laughs) Ruined it. I told you to be nice. (laughs) So other questionable decisions along with the production of this is that Beatty brings in uh, Vittorio Storaro to shoot the picture. Okay. Also shot films such as Apocalypse Now and The Last Emperor. I just don't think that's who you bring in on a comedy picture. No, no. So him and Elaine May are constantly butting heads in Morocco because he's trying to shoot Apocalypse Now and she's trying to shoot a Bob Hope picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that starts to bleed everywhere. So you got all of the bad things with Morocco and the, the cinematographer and the director are not getting along and it just starts snowballing everywhere. By the time they get back to New York, everybody hates everybody. And Warren Beatty isn't going to fire her uh, because he's championing her at this point. Mm. And he probably shouldn't. He probably just should have been like whatever Elaine wants and then not talked her into stuff that he wanted, which I think is one of the things that's going to happen here. So anyway, rather than fire her, they just agree to shoot their own versions of the New York picture. So everything gets shot twice. Okay. Uh, it, the, the production. In New York? Everybody. Yeah. So they bring they come back to New York, and there's not that much to shoot in New York. Most of the movie shot in Morocco. Right. 
but they're going to add some and they they're they're shooting for a Christmas release as well. This the block that they had, had set up was in Christmas and they're not going to make it. It's not going to get released until spring against movies that it shouldn't be released against. Mm-hmm. Uh and the shooting everything twice for Beatty and May is going pretty terribly and Columbia fires everybody above them and brings in new people who kind of shake their fist at Beatty, but you can only shake your fist at Beatty so hard at this point because he hasn't done Ishtar yet. Right. Uh, So he pisses and moans and basically kicks the producer off. He's like, this guy's not touching anything. I don't want any of this fucking interference. Unfortunately, by the time they get into post-production, everybody has had it. They've been on the picture for almost a year there. It's a comedy picture that should take four fucking months. Mm-hmm. Um, they are hate each other. I guess people are friends again. Beatty and Hoffman never really had a falling out. Hoffman did say he would walk the second that Elaine May was threatened at any authoritative position, though, Okay, because she had a. Uh, been the script doctor on Tootsie, which got him as a Oscar. There, there so you go. Bo-dang. Everybody owes her a big because they not enough to put her fucking name on the credits um, on Tootsie and Reds and the other ones she does have credit or whatever. But um, by the time they get to the post production, she doesn't even care as much anymore. She's kind of over it, and so Beatty's doing a lot of the ADR directing, and she's doing some of it. Specifically with the female lead who is his girlfriend, I guess. Beatty's? I guess she didn't get along. Yeah, it's Beatty's girlfriend. She didn't get along with Elaine May all that much. Sure. So he does the post-production ADR. And this is something that I didn't even notice in the movie and I wouldn't have noticed had I not read about it. Is that Beatty was like doing all kinds of shit. Even to the point of an ADR, like you need to lower your voice. Because you're a boy in this one. And it's such a small part of the movie that you're like, oh. And then you see why Warner and some of the other people are like, let Columbia have it. You've got the three largest perfectionists that aren't named Stanley Kubrick in one room. Keep it. (laughs) Right? Um, So the lore of the film, though Beatty denies it, um, Elaine May's never taken credit for Final Cut. But Bert... Anything she wants, Bert. Bert Fields. <laughs> According to the Lord, Bert Fields had Final Cut because he was the only one that cared at that point. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I, I, I think a pair of scissors, you could get this thing a little tighter. Oh, yeah. I agree. $50 million. I think you get this though. down in 90 minutes. I don't think it's funny at 90 minutes. I think it's funny if it's not shot by the guy that shot Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um. But anyway, that's where it ends up is that Bert gets final cut. Allegedly, maybe not. Also, the test screenings were all positive. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the test screenings loved it. Everyone that was in the movie afterwards was like, oh, shit, that worked out okay. Not bad. Not bad, guys. I know that sucked, but that's not bad. Then it goes to the theater. Mm-hmm. And it gets murdered by the critics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and nobody watches it after that opening weekend. And allegedly there were people trashing the movie that hadn't even seen it. It it becomes one of Hollywood's greatest punching bags ever. Yeah. 
Like it was such a punching bag that they didn't even do it to Pluto Nash. Didn't they're like, well, we don't want to give Pluto Nash the Ishtar treatment, even though it's a worse movie by, by leaps Leaps and bounds. Pluto Nash is a worse movie and cost more. It is a larger failure. Everything that isn't wrong with Ishtar is wrong with Pluto Nash. And it did not have to befall the same fate. Like Elaine May is put in jail at that point. She never directs a picture again. Yeah. Beatty does Dick Clark, which is no Dick Clark. Dick Dick Tracy. (laughs) I'll get you. I would like to see. He's too tall, but I'm. Uh, He does Dick Tracy with Hoffman. Uh But I think at this point, like, what has Beatty done after this? Dick Tracy? Uh, Bugsy. Bugsy's before this, Um, which is what I was just about to ask Jackie. Um, in, in In our household, we don't watch a lot of Warren Beatty. I got not Warren Beatty crazy, but I did the AFI during college, the AFI top 100, which Warren Beatty's in quite a few of those movies. But Jackie, where are you at on Warren Beatty? I don't really think about Warren Beatty. Okay. Because he was a goddamn heartthrob. Uh, He was the sex man. He was the Brad Pitt, George Clooney, 100% 100% women loved and worshipped Warren Beatty. He reminds me of my dad. <laughs> he does not remind me of your dad. No. <laughs> well, when my dad was younger, not that. Anyway, he's just got a very fatherly face. He's got a very, I don't know, like Mr. Rogers. He would put on a sweater and talk to you about your problems kind of guy. He just doesn't. He's not sexy. Okay, watch him in the seventies. Is yeah, and Dustin Hoffman. I always thought of him as an kind of a, like a mobster actor guy, you know, action That's, star kind of guy. Action and, star Dustin Hoffman. Actions, yeah. I, and okay. I didn't like him in this movie. I name, I name, didn't like it because I the action movie you think Dustin Hoffman has been in, Jackie. Well, I can't because I because there know, isn't I don't one. Know. There isn't Rain one. Man. Omega Man is Rain. about as close that's as you can get. That's a crappy movie. It, well, I hated Rain okay, Man. One best picture. Um, I'm not saying that's anything, but you can't be like that's a crappy movie. It no spawned <laughs> the one with an entire pulp culture phenomenon. The Watergate Whatever. one. What's the with Tim and Redford? That oh yeah, man, action all over the place. Those guys with the, it's as action as he did. Where they fly in uh, to the action the parking garage. Wait, was he in the Graduate? Yes, yes, that's Dustin Hoffman. He's Remember not when he flew the guy. helicopter upside down and blew up all of Russia yeah, right. in the graduate? <laughs> <laughs> the skydiving sequence in All the President's Men. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. he did get in the pool in a scuba diving outfit to show his parents how nice their gift was to him for graduating. That's pretty action-y. No, it's not. If you're rich. It's not, Jackie. It's a weird thing to think about Dustin Hoffman. Tootsie. When he gets the fucking M16. Whoa. <laughs> I never saw Tootsie. I'm singing. I'm dancing. I'm a lady, man. <laughs> fucking weirdo. Okay. Dustin was not an action movie, Jackie. And Warren Beatty was the sexy in the 70s. Yeah. And probably Warren most of the Beatty, 80s. Then, I mean, he's lean beef in the sev- late 60s and 70s. Like, 
he does the shirtless thing and people are like, oh my God, look at the muscles. But, but that, um, that's my point is after Ishtar and then Dick Tracy, which I, Dick Tracy, I think still it's a critical failure, but I don't think it made a shit ton of money. It wasn't fucking Batman by any means. No, it didn't. I thought it failed because of the marketing. <laughs> yeah, the marketing I mean, is huge. again, the marketing. Right, right. And they're like, oh, this is how much money was spent on the marketing. And it's like, yeah, but McDonald's spent their own money, you fucking assholes. Yeah. The way that they hide their fucking money yeah, in exactly. Hollywood is crazy. But, but. Okay, I'm looking at Warren Robert Beatty. Robert Redford still did shit after this period of time. Robert Redford. Well, he didn't do Ishtar. Never did Ishtar. I mean, Ishtar, I still, it's insane to me that it's a career killer, but it killed Warren Beatty. And Warren Beatty is a big fucking deal, man. He's a big fucking deal. How many Academy Awards did Warren Beatty win? Three? Four? Like, a lot. Whoa. It's pretty much like Eastwood steps into the role that Beatty had in Hollywood. I don't know what I'm looking at, Jackie. It's Warren Beatty with a beard, guys. Okay, that makes him sexy. Harry, son of a bitch. That is super sexy, but the rest of them are not. Okay, whatever. But Warren Beatty with a beard, hell to the motherfucking yeah. Okay, well, ladies, oh. that he was LL Cool W, Jackie. I'm just, I'm stating the facts. Panties, yeah. panties everywhere. The streets were littered with undergarments wherever he went. But I think like some of the the Eastwood pictures had Beatty still been kicking around at that level of filmmaker. Yeah, that's McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And if you're gonna ask. Where I'm at on Beatty, Jackie, McCabe and Miss Miller is a top 10 movie all time for me. I fucking love that movie. It is awesome. Uh, Anyway, but the. I feel like some of those would have gone to Beatty and not Eastwood. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Like Mystic River might have been a Beatty picture. Fucking A, man. Jesus. Yeah, dude, if he would have grown out his beard and really showed that shit off, he could have gotten more action roles. Actually, Jackie, it's it's Ishtar. (laughs) <laughs> he could have done all that but and he was an Ishtar that, it wasn't that bad it's just that like this is getting raked over the coals the entire time it's being made in variety probably yeah, yeah. and so it shows up dead on arrival regardless of the product yeah. to the point that like Tarantino loves this movie I don't I'm going to say that right now sure. uh, Scorsese says this is one of his favorite movies okay he's a, he's a weird little dude do you think that this do you think that the same thing is happening with Lisa Frankenstein right now? No. No. No, I don't. That shit costs like $14 million Yeah. No. In an age yeah, when you have to spend twenty. Didn't kill the careers of two of the world's biggest movie picture stars. I mean, I, I, well, let's be honest. Dustin Hoffman is in stuff outside of Huckabee's. I can't think of anything good after Ishtar. Fucking Did he ever took a- take off his shirt? Dustin Hoffman? In The Graduate. You just talked about it. Jesus. Weirdo. I don't know where you, what planet. Did you, were you on the lunar lander that fell over this weekend, Jackie? Is that where you're at? Are you on the moon? Because you, <laughs> and then fall over. Yeah, I was driving and I I drank too much vodka and was like, oh shit, wrong joystick and fell over. Still up there. Yeah. <laughs> Major Tom. Major Tom, can you come in? <laughs> Lost Jackie. You gotta push yourself up. That is not gonna happen. There is no 
handicap railing here by this toilet. You are not by a toilet, ma'am. You are inside a spaceship. You've got to push the spaceship up. Major, There's the button. Ma- Major Tom radios back and says, oh, yeah, that was supposed to be unmanned, but there was Jackie, so we put her in there. <laughs> we got rid of her. Yay. <laughs> She's up in space. All right. Uh, what else, Sam? So the, I mean, it's largely shelved through the 90s. You're not really able to see this unless... Mm-hmm. Uh, affiliate network is like, oh, San Francisco loaned us a copy. We're going to show Ishtar at midnight or something. So it's just completely gone for close to 20 years. And then in 2013, they did a Blu-ray of it, Mm -hmm. at which point it saw a critical reevaluation, which at best is like, you know, this is actually pretty funny. And then at worst, they're like, oh, this doesn't deserve half the shit that it gets. Yeah. Um, It's not that bad because it's not that bad. No, um, no. it's not Pluto Nash bad. It's just no, not. It's not. Pluto Nash is fucking bad. Yeah, it's real bad. I've never seen Pluto Nash. Yes, you have. Yeah, you did. I was there. We did it for the podcast. Te- what was it about? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not the only one that's completely blanking on this one. Like, I've, that sounds familiar, um, but you know, I don't, I don't remember that I think one. think he owns a space bar? Uh, something like that uh, yeah anyways and does something jump out of one of the resident's stomachs possibly no that's space balls that's space okay. balls right. or the alien creature comes out after the guy eats the special yeah space balls is fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of people don't like space balls uh critics space balls got hit hard by the critics too and i actually think for you know in terms of Joke a minute writing Spaceballs is about as funny a movie as there is. Yeah, well, they clearly oh, don't know. Oh, guys, anything. I just Googled it. Pluto Nash had Eddie Murphy in it. Yeah, that we know. Yep. You asked what it was about, not who was in it. Um, all right, Sam, you got anything else? Not really, no. Okay. Uh, oh, I want to. Uh, oh, oh, I got you. Yeah, no, I do have one more thing. Um, okay. The guy that wrote the songs. Mm hmm. Is Barry Manilow. No, none other than Paul Williams, who also wrote such tunes as We've Only Just Begun by The Carpenters, an old-fashioned love song by Three Dog Night, among like a thousand other hits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he said that he's never worked harder and had more fun writing songs than he did when he was writing for Ishtar because he was trying to make songs that were believably bad that somebody would actually write. I, and he did, because they're fucking terrible, I but I believe that, that somebody would try it. I thought that the entire time, how hard it would have been to come up with this god-awful music that seems, like, realistic. You know, because we've always talked about that fine line, like, when you're trying to make crap, most yeah. of the time the crap that you're making is just crap. It's not even it's just good crap, but like it's it's hardly ever been done. Making crap intentionally is tough to do to make it good. <laughs> good, bad yes. crap. It's very it's, hard. That, and, it, and it is. It's uh, OK. I got two fucking... things. Two things uh, to supplement your uh, talk about uh, how it never was seen the light of day during the 90s shelf for 20 years, even if it hadn't. There's no way that the sales of VHS and DVD eventually would have come near enough to pay this movie back. Uh, it's $40 million that they were off between the box office yeah. and their budget. There's not that much money there to be made. This would still have been a flop. Um, to, and well, I then, think T2 was 
25 million in home video. There right? you go. Yeah, this is going to get 10 at best. Um, the lady, who is she other than his girlfriend and where did she go? I don't know anything other than she's an outspoken anti-immigration French lady who just got uh, nailed for tax evasion last year. Ah, so she's part of Marine Le Pen's uh, future cabinet. Good, good. Good job, Beatty. <laughs> dump it, dump it her. Yeah. Notorious philanderer. Yeah, the movies that she's in are not stuff that I've seen other than the uh, 79 No Sir Off 2 remake. Okay. Yeah. No, then I guess. I didn't know that was her. I guess that's not. She's not somebody of interest to us, and we shall move on. Um, I think that I think that covers all my pre-movie questions. Talked about Jackie uh, thinking Warren Beatty thought. Big strike. If I was accused this movie of doing one thing that was absolutely terrible, it was the underutilization of one Carol Kane. Yeah. What the hell, man? Carol Kane, one of the funniest fucking people who's ever fucking lived. You got to use her. Come on. I'm like, okay, so she's dump or he, she dumps him early in the movie. I'm like, okay, well, she's going to circle back and like change his you know like hey, i'm an idiot and i learned my ways and then she's gonna have to say get them out of some sticky situation no she's just fucking gone she's literally in the movie for five minutes and it's carol goddamn kane what the hell it's carol kane and then you get like a tiny bit of the charles groden business but you don't really get I a thought, lot of the i thought groden had enough but he he had enough yeah kane didn't get any no sucks none none, none kane yeah real real fucking weird um, okay, so what we've got here is we've got the story of Chuck and Lyle. Chuck, played by Dustin Hoffman, is uh, he's a he's not a lounge singer; he's a restaurant singer. I mean, I, we don't know what they were doing super beforehand, but the earliest uh, we know is he sings at a restaurant to old people. Is he a piano yeah. man? Is that what we want to call he's him? He's a he's a piano man. He's so a piano man. Chuck Clark is a piano man. Lyle Rogers. Is a an ice cream man. southerner ice cream truck who was an ice cream man, but it seemed like he had like a good job and a good life in the South before he moved to New York to become an ice cream man. And I, try thought, to he, I thought he was an ice cream big. man in the South and they moved to New York to make it big. No, he was a gas station guy oh, okay. in the South and their little town blew up and it was he was making lots of money. And then he was like. I want to do my song career. We need to move to New York where he became an ice cream man and his wife became destitute in a little shitty basement mm-hmm. apartment. He thought the path was uh, to success was through Van Halen. Is that where he was at? I'm an ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. No. Ah! Guaranteed. <laughs> I wonder what it would be like if David Lee Roth sung these songs. It'd probably be bangers, right? It'd be fucking awesome, man. Where's the cocaine? Give me some of that illicit coke. Oh, I'll help you with your money. Ah! Swinging from rafters during this whole thing. God, that guy is just loaded with cocaine. Look at him go, though. Uh, so this is where we get one of my favorite songs in the entire movie. We haven't even started the movie. It. I thought we were at the piano no, bar. No, I just did character Hoffman's playing. No, the p- movie starts with them telling the truth is a dang- writing <laughs> telling the truth is a dangerous business. It sucks so bad. This song sucks. sucks so bad, and it's so catchy. It is still in my head. It's not gonna go away. 
God. Okay, so, so they they come to the realization that they love telling the truth is dangerous, that they think that this is bridge over troubled water, that they are going to yeah. explode onto the music scene, but the only thing stopping them is, an, is they don't have an agent, so they got to get an agent. So they go to this guy named uh, uh, Friedman. And Marty Freed. Marty Friedman. And or Marty Freed. And he's been a big, big agent the whole damn time. He kind of takes them under his wing, like as an advisor, like you guys are fucking terrible. Um, he sees them at the uh, like a local club's uh, amateur night. And it's freaking hilarious. This is probably already my favorite part of the whole movie. It just goes downhill from here for me. Um, because Warren Beatty's terrible musical performance, it's intentionally terrible. Yeah. But in <coughs> Dustin Hoffman's cheesing it up pretty good too. It's so out of character for both of them. Warren Beatty is cool guy in yeah. everything else. He is the cool guy. The ladies want to be with him and the men want to be him and here he is being a boob and killing it like being a boob is not easy to do on and he's doing a great job and i was laughing my ass off during the sequence i thought the beach boys cover was funnier that that was pretty good too because he, he was hitting the notes but it looked like he was getting sprayed by water it was very good performance yeah yeah, no, yeah, oh, man, it's so, they stink, and so Marty Freed's like, <coughs> okay, you guys need a shtick, people are gonna just like your song, telling the truth is dangerous, uh, you gotta do something else, and maybe this is the sequence I'm talking about, um, and it wasn't the Beach Boys, it's a, um, it's not a Frankie Valley song, can't remember who did, uh, whatever that song is, but anyways, so they do a 50s ballad, and he's like, that is not what I meant. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't do much for you guys. You guys, you guys stink. You stink. But I can send you to um, uh, Honduras for thirty-seven fifty a week each. And they're like, dude, what thirty-seven fifty a week? No. Okay. Well, I got one other thing. It's in Morocco. It pays ninety-five a week each. But I can't get you to Morocco. I, I can only get you to Ishtar. And then you got to get to Morocco. Yeah. So you're Morocco bound. You're on the road to Morocco. Like that. Well, movie. and then they go, well, I'll think about it. And they both go to the same bar because it's the only bar that's open, but they don't sit together. Mm -hmm. uh, Chuck, and Chuck then wants we get to be kind of the flash. Yeah. Then we kind of get the flashback about how they meet. Which I thought this was. Part of it's necessary, but it kind of loses itself. Like this whole sequence is demonstrating that these two, not necessarily morons, but they're boobs. They are just boobs yeah. of people. Uh, like the universe had all of its shit aligned and said, I am guiding these two people to meet because they are the yin and yang and they're not the even they're the yin and yin they're both boobs and they need each other and they love each other and they are meant to be besties throughout all of time but then like later the movie loses that to a degree it's just a buddy picture it's they it, it, it never comes back to focus on how much these two actually love each other 
So I thought yeah. that's just all ne- unnecessary, completely. And they're not. I don't know if they're dumb enough. That's the thing. Like Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas work because yeah. they're so fucking stupid. Right. Right. Whereas these guys are almost dumb enough, but they're not. They're not morons. They're just boobs. They're talentless boobs. I mean, I just, I don't know how else to phrase it. Um, Anyways, at some point, things are going so poorly during their uh, budding career that they decide that they're going to make with each other that Dustin or uh, Chuck walks out on a ledge and is going to. Uh, or maybe it's a cry for help type thing, whatever. He calls Lyle. Well, his girlfriend leaves him. Yeah. Carol. Oh, bye, Carol King. Nice seeing you. Um, yeah. yeah. Carol King. Carol Kane. Two different people. <laughs> Me. Fucking talentless boob. Me. You ever get imposter syndrome? I got it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve to be in this chair. <laughs> you I get a Honduras boob. for thirty-seven fifty yeah. a week? That's all I'm, that's all I'm worth. Um, so Lyle goes out on the ledge is, is, is Chuck's parents can't talk him down. Chuck's rabbi can't talk him down. Only Lyle can talk him down. And Lyle basically tells him, yeah, you're a total talentless boob like that. Justin guy said, but so what? And Chuck's like, you get me. And then the music swells and they embrace and they go to Vegas to live their life together as... Owning a pet store. Mm-hmm. It's not what happens. So, flashback to the future. and Or the present, wherever you want to be. And uh, where are we at here? Okay, um, Chuck. They're still sitting at the yeah. bar. Let's go to Morocco. Chuck goes. Let's go to Morocco. Let's, let's go to Ishtar. Morocco. They don't want to go to Ishtar. They got to go to Ishtar to get to Morocco. They're on the road to Morocco. Like that movie that this is. Okay. Um, meanwhile. Those didn't have shitty mm, songs in it. They didn't have either. shitty songs. Actually, I looked up the lyrics because I was curious. Uh, um, I like the the tune of Road to Morocco. Like it's it's uh, got a really catchy hook to it. But I actually looked up the lyrics and I was like, this song is kind of dumb. Ah, oh, damn it. I kind of uh, got away from it and was looking at something else. Um, on the road to Morocco lyrics. Okay. Um, uh, like, like what I said, like Webster's dictionary were Morocco bound. What the fuck does Webster's dictionary have to do with being Morocco bound? The dictionary doesn't like hail a cab and uh, stat, get me to Morocco. Yeah. It's a fucking dictionary. <laughs> but those well, songs can't like help sold, though if you though, throw it right? at taxis. Yeah, yeah. Dictionaries can't hail, hail a cat. Uh, we're off on the road to Morocco. Well, look out. Well, well clear the way, because here we come. Stand by for a concussion. The men eat fire, sleep on nails, and saw their wives in half. It seems to me there should be easier ways to get a laugh. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, I bet the concussion. Where does the concussion come in? I don't know. I don't know. Um. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Lyle has, uh, 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 meanwhile, meanwhile, there's an archaeologist uh, digging in Ishtar and they find a map to Ishtar. 
I think. I don't get how the map works. I'm damn just going to say that right God now. God damn it, Sam. You're supposed to understand because that's like, what the, what's the map? Jackie? It's not even a map. It's a picture of some shit that supposedly if people see it, they'll be like, oh my God. Uh, let's blow up the capital. Uh, yeah, I don't get the, what is it? So it's a prophecy. Okay. Not so much a map as a prophecy of, it's a map of the prophecy. So <laughs> these two dudes are going to show up and they think that it's the two singer guys, right? Uh-huh. And they're going to ignite the people against the Sar guy. The and Sar. then he's yeah. going to lose power and the rebels will rise up and take over Ishtar, uh, Morocco. What the fuck uh, is whatever. a map of a prophecy? What the? That's what it is, Sam. <laughs> It's just it's a map of a prophecy. It would, it's like a monopoly board, but you know, you don't roll the dice, you just follow it around. Those are just called There's not any trails. There's just like a picture of a tree and two guys sitting there, and then there's a camel, and then there's like some doodad designs around the outside. Yeah. There's it's a map, but it's a prophecy. It's not a map of the prophecy. You'd still just call that the prophecy. Here's the prophecy. Map. document map. <laughs> okay they call it a map okay and it's got a prophecy they call on it a map. It, so it's a prophecy map i just thought like if i was an actual archaeologist well it's not a map of a prophecy that's fucking stupid it's a but wonder ugh. but wonder if we could turn this into a board game guys the the prophecy map mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. sacrifice your friend to the right <laughs> so where do you put the pieces though there's just like a picture of like four things it's not even a, i you mean put them it, on- when you look at it it's like a shilly, shitty pillow cover, cushion yeah. cover for a couch. Yeah. But if it was a prophecy, you'd have a hard time. Like, I don't know how Balky, because that's Balky, Bartokamus. Mm. Oh, that was. Did you yeah, notice right. that? Yeah. That finds the map? Yeah. Also underutilizing the Balky. Mm. Um, he deciphers it, and I'm like, what is he looking at? Because I'm not seeing what he's seeing here. There's going to be two messengers. And if anybody gets this map, they'll the Middle East will become inflamed in the greatest conflict in the history of the Middle East. By looking at this, it's a picture of two guys next to a camel, and over there's a river. Ah! And like you, you have to know about the prophecy itself to be able to translate the map into the prophecy. Like the prophecy is its own the- thing. This thing doesn't have like at the bottom. Okay, so these two guys, they're gonna they're gonna come to town one day and they're gonna over they're gonna use the power of their their power, their messengers of God, uh, to overthrow the Emir. None of that's written on the map. It is literally just two guys over there and a river over there and maybe some mountains at the top. But then what's the prophecy even? Because he's like, two messengers will come, and then what? use the power of their message to overthrow the emir which is what happens in this movie no it doesn't say that but that's what he says how where are you getting that show everybody the map maybe they'll be like oh really that that's how you take that because i take that as uh these two guys they have a bunch of Coca-Cola and they're trying to get it out of fucking Morocco and they can't yeah. because there's a river. The, the laws that Coca-Cola is breaking is represented by the river. That's what I see by looking at this. Not that there's going to be a global conflagration around the Middle East because of two guys that are freaking shitty Tony Bennett's. The f- 
What the fuck, archaeologist? You're fired. You are fired as an archaeologist. You're done. Go home. Also, you're like, you're, I'm an old guy and I have glasses, so therefore I'm a professor. Yeah. You're a young well, guy that doesn't have glasses, so clearly you're a grad student. Get the fuck out of here with your stupid prophecy shit. These are both shitty archaeologists. Yeah, the one man. is seeing prophecies where there are none, and the other one's like, I'm an archaeologist, and this is too dangerous to see the light of day. Right? Said no archaeologist <laughs> ever. It belongs in a museum, <laughs> goddammit. Who's, who's funding these guys? Well, I thought it was great. I honestly thought he was going to open the box and that a mist would come out and kill him immediately mm-hmm. from like an old parasite, you know, that no longer existed mm-hmm. in our society mm-hmm. and he would release the plague onto people mm-hmm. and that's how this all starts. Okay. Jackie like was going for the Pandora. But that didn't happen. Pandora's box. That angle. was the mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Cruise gets to be the superhero now. Yeah, right. Now, that's a guy who's in action movies, Jackie, and Rain Man. That's who you're thinking of, not Dustin Hoffman. Mm. (laughs) Fart. I farted. Mm. Fart. (laughs) He did fart in that phone booth. That is Dustin Hoffman's smelly, smelly toot that is in that phone booth, and they just kept running with it. Same with banging his hands on the car. I'm walking here. That's Dustin Hoffman just being Dustin Hoffman. Mm. I love Dustin Hoffman. I think Dustin Hoffman is not my favorite actor of all time. He's probably like fourth or fifth down the list. But Dustin Hoffman's goddamn fantastic. I don't give a crap. Like none. None craps. What? What's your favorite Dustin Hoffman performance then? Huckabee's. Of course. Huckabee's, but he's such a, I mean, everybody's so good in that. Huckabee's. It's Huckabee's. Um, All right. Uh, I like Midnight Cowboy. Or, yeah, Midnight Cowboy. Um, and I like, uh, I like Omega Man. And I like. Omega Man? Yeah. That's Charles Heston. No, Dustin. Not a marathon man. Jesus Christ. Um, and I like this. I, I don't like this, but I like him in this. You don't like The Graduate? Because The Graduate's great. Uh, I, 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 Graduate's one time. You watch it one time. You get The Graduate. I'm done with The Graduate. I've seen it three or four times. You're I insane. like it. Okay. All right. Um, and then Tootsie. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, the map. They find it. So, it's super dangerous. They can't hide it. I mean, they can't have it. So, he's like, I got to get out of here. And they're like in an archaeological dig site. And there's some guy prowling around the outside of the tent because I you're on a dig to find the map that's going to destroy the Middle East. It's it's you your t- your grant literally yeah. says that. So there's guys snooping around. You all everybody already knows about the prophecy. They don't need a fucking picture of it. That may or not even be a picture of the prophecy. It, it's there. They already know. <laughs> Also, there's just like nefarious archaeology pirates in the desert because they get the shooting starts almost immediately after this scene at the dig site. And it's like, why are you shooting at a dig site? You just like walk up and be like, can I take a picture of that? And they're like, yeah, don't touch it, though. I'm an archaeologist. I don't think they're pirates, Sam. I think that they're they're guys that want to destroy the map because it's dangerous or. They want to get the map because it's dangerous. They want they're I mean, how does anybody even know about the map or the prophecy before these assholes find it? They have to. 
That's my point. The the map is completely useless and stupid. Everybody already knows about the prophecy. They're there to steal the map of the prophecy. They know about the prophecy. Well, here's the deal, Justin, is that the the uh, sketches on said map of Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty's yeah. characters are really done well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stick figure part, not mm-hmm. so great, mm-hmm. but it was showed a short guy and a tall guy mm-hmm. and one with a big head and one with a medium head. It was pretty, there, pretty spot There on. is even a line where they say if that tall stick figure had facial hair, he would be really good looking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, very accurate. But either way, it's still irrelevant because they know they everybody already knows about the prophecy. They're trying to kill these guys who have the map of the prophecy. So he runs away, gets to this hotel, calls his sister, who I thought was his girlfriend because their dialogue is very boyfriend, girlfriend. I'll meet you there. And she's like, no, they're going to die. Um, he's like, I've got the map of the prophecy. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling you to tell you. Um but I'm hidden it and they'll never find it. And oh, wait, what? No, that's what it's written. It's written right there. Oh, yeah. oh, he died while on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But then later we find out that she's just in the room, like down the hall. Right. Right. And couldn't get there fast enough from, I mean, because it takes a while to bleed out of your stomach, uh, right? Yes. Like, couldn't get there fast enough to like have him tell her where it was. Mm-hmm. Like, what was she doing? Just taking her time. Like, well, I'll finish my wine and then go down she's, there and see if he's okay. Just on the other line, going, "Hello, hello, hello, hello." <laughs> I can hear you gurgling. Yeah. Are you going to pick back up? What are you? Oh. Where, are you drinking something? Or I'm still here. You know, I'll just wait. I guess maybe you're in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't want to hang up on him, Jackie. That would be rude. Um, so he's dead. He gets stabbed. And uh, now uh, no one will find it except for the two messengers. Cut to the two messengers. Two boobs on a flight to Ishtar. Um, they land. Chuck is approached by, well, Lyle's going to take a shit or something. Um, Chuck is approached by a man. Uh, and he's she, like. This oh. never flies. I would have never thought she was a man. No. Even when he's like, man, I'm not into that. And I'm like, what, you're not into hot ladies? That's obviously a hot lady wearing sunglasses. <laughs> hey, dude. Like, are you are you Lloyd Christmas? Yeah, maybe. Those but she shows teeth. him her boob. Yeah, and he's she, like, I'll do whatever you want. Well, I See, I'm not a man. Here's a tit. Huh. In an airport. There's easier ways to show that you're a lady. Like, I have a long hair. I don't know. I guess, whatever. Shouldn't. Put I don't have an Adam's apple. I don't have an Adam's apple. That's a good one, Jackie. Look right here. <laughs> so she, anyway, she shows him her boob and uh-huh. is like, "Here's my boob. Switch bags with me." And he's like, "Okay," which leads me to question two. Is Ishtar why we're we have to keep track of our bags in the Ooh, airport? So yeah, so dutifully. Well, hey, if I go to the airport and some ladies start flashing me their cans in exchange for my luggage, they can, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, you know, you can have my... Uh, no, you won't, oh. because I'll be chasing those bitches with a broom. Dang it. Get on out of here. I'll take off my shoe and just start smacking them. Get back. You, you know why the why rules exist, Sam? It's because somebody broke them at one point. So, yeah. Ishtar? Ishtar. 
Yeah. Now they know that if ladies are walking around flashing brooms, the wives, the what? Flashing brooms. The wives who are of husbands who are getting flashed, they're going to commit violence with brooms that they're getting from someplace. Uh, no, I, I I amended it to be a shoe. Oh, a shoe. Okay. Take off your shoe and you start okay. chasing yeah. people. And it's just ladies chasing ladies around the airport with shoes, which seems like a good time on paper, but that's just a, another way no, to you just, bankrupt the airlines. Yeah. No, you want to just watch the ladies wrestling instead. <laughs> Yeah, this is not good. These are ladies that are midlife or older mm-hmm. that are like, get the fuck away from my husband, you fucking tart. Ah! And they've got old people foot smell coming off their shoe, right? They've been on a plane for eight hours. It stinks. They're wafting that shit around, hitting people with it. Little bits of flesh and toenail are coming out and hitting other passengers. I got I got, ter- I got terrible news for you, Jackie. The ladies that are flashing me at the airport, they're all uh, they're all uh, Ukrainian dissidents who are uh, trying to uh, defect the United States. They're all named Natasha, and they're all just smoke shows. Every single one of them. I must have your. Can they do the laundry and vacuum and what? Scrub because toilets? they're Ukrainian, you think that they don't have washing machines? Jesus. I'm just saying, if we're going to take on a second wife. She's got to you know, earn her uh, sh- Yeah, I don't want to do all that There's shit. Strict, so Strict chore list in this house, you smoke show. Yeah, it's called, <laughs> yeah. I do whatever the fuck I want and turn a blind eye over here, but my toilet better be fucking sparkling clean. Hey, no, it's Natasha. She's super hot. You can't turn a blind eye to Natasha. She's just too good looking. Well, I'll probably look at her too, but I'll be like, my toilet better be fucking clean. Yeah. Or or what? My My dogs need brushed. My dad texted me really late at night Mm -hmm. that he found ladies wrestling on the TV. Okay. All right. Since we're not talking about the movie, that's what happened. That's the end of the story. I was going to text him back, but it was so late. I was like, this is too late to be texting about ladies wrestling. It's never too late. So today I'll text him. (laughs) Yeah, I've been watching that on the YouTube because I, you know, found the ladies wrestling on the YouTube and I was like, oh, this is all right. I think it was just funny. He's like, yeah, there's ladies wrestling on TV again. And I'm like, this is, this is, I guess that's news. Why not? <laughs> they can have real but glow, he's... but they can't finish the goddamn show because COVID. Well, COVID's over. Go finish glow, you buttholes. That was a great television show, Netflix. Assholes. Okay. Movie. Uh, okay, so the boob comes out. He, she gets his suitcase because she needs a passport because she's trying to get to Marrakesh, which is where they're headed as well. Um, and so she's like, meet me tonight Why in Marrakesh. They just get in a, You're an like American. Get, what? They just share a taxi. She's still got to cross board. She's still got to go through customs, dude. She she needs a what passport. What the fuck? Where was she at? Where were, Where is the prophecy found? Uh, I thought it was found in Ishtar. Then why is she at the airport? She just lives there, right? Doesn't she just live there? She lives at the airport. <laughs> yeah, she was at a hotel in Ishtar. Right, but now she's got to- already established. She's too drunk to go check she's on her brother down the hall. Right. At the airport, hustling dudes for their luggage. Why because does she you could even... do that before the gated areas. Yeah, so why did, if she's in Ishtar, which is where her revolution is taking place, why does she need to get to Morocco? What's in Morocco? They have a reason to go to Morocco. That's where their goddamn gig is. 
Why does she need to go to Morocco? Why does she need his luggage? She really just she needs, needs him passport. to hide hers. Yeah, she needs a passport. She needs his clothes so that she can disguise herself She's... as a man and get through customs. I'm looking at her face right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's never going to pass for Dustin Hoffman. She cannot. She cannot. It's a, it's a no bad way. plan. It is a bad plan. Okay. It's like, it's like Natasha trying to pretend she's Sam. Natasha. Get, take Sam's stupid shirt off. You can't. We know it's you. You're too hot. Come on. <laughs> now go clean the toilet. <laughs> All right. You can dress like Sam while cleaning the toilet. <laughs> that toilet's not very clean. Shut up. She does fine. <laughs> Why is she dressed like Sam? Uh, <laughs> um, get, to, get to Marrakesh. Okay. So uh, Chuck goes to the hotel. And uh, he meets there. He meets uh, Charles Grodin, who is Jim. Um, Jim is a CIA man. And Jim is very open with his CIA business. He's like, yeah, I'm a CIA guy. Uh, Basically, we're here to keep the emir in power. And every now and then, uh, because the emir doesn't like Libya, he doesn't like Gaddafi. Um, yeah. so, uh, and we don't like Gaddafi if, if any listeners need a historical lesson, um, got stabbed in the ass. Um, so, uh, we pay informants to give us info every now and then on any sort of, uh, political dissidents in Ishtar. Oh, you'll pay. Cause I don't have any fucking money. And the best I'm going to do is 95 a week when I could just. Tell you a little song and dance. Well, and you're he's gonna not pay even getting ninety-five. It's it's ninety-five split between the two. Yeah, of see, them. there you go. Even better, hundred and fifty for a little song and dance to you. Huh. Okay. But the thing is, is the first time I see the CIA agent, all I can think about was the Muppet movies, mm-hmm. where he's sitting there with the lady at the restaurant, and she's got these gems on, and and uh, she's like, I feel like. Thieves are breathing down my neck, and he's snapping along. Thieves are not breathing down your neck, and he's got this big heist to steal that necklace. And so it was really hard for me to take him seriously. It's very hard to take Charles Grodin seriously at all because he's one of the funniest people that's ever lived, Jaggy. If you've taken Charles Grodin seriously, you have taken him wrong. (laughs) Have you guys seen that documentary, Beethoven, about the dog? (laughs) No. Very, very serious movie. Very serious. What else is Charles growing in that, uh, you know? If you've never seen Heartbreak Kid, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I always like, uh, like uh, him and Jimmy Kahn should have had a buddy cop. Not a buddy cop. Maybe a buddy cop. They should have been, him and Jimmy Kahn should have had a movie together. That's what I want to see. Charles Grodin, Jimmy K, Jimmy C. Sadly, that day's gone. What was the one with the... the, You did a buddy cop picture with somebody that was pretty... Midnight Run, that one was good. Yeah, Midnight Run. Yeah, yeah. I like the Groden. Don't like his name. Groden. It's like one letter away from Grody. Chuck Grody. Or groin. Groins are okay. He was in 70 movies. 70 movies, yeah. Okay. About as many as Jimmy Collins. Which is a lot because he's not ever... You don't ever get Groden to just be there for a couple of days. Yeah. Like, he's always a principal cast member. Yeah. It's usually a side character, but you're always getting a lot of Groden. So, 70s, quite a few. Quite a few. Um, okay. So, Lyle, he's uh, he goes on stage solo. Um, uh, 
oh god for simon and garfunkel night and because uh chuck is trapped in ishtar because he doesn't have a passport the embassy couldn't get him one so lyle has to do the show solo uh so he's doing simon and garfunkel night the nobody wants to hear simon and garfunkel songs uh they all want to hear uh that's amore and then guess who comes in it's chuck and starts singing that's amore and they do the show together and everybody loves them it's their most successful night of performances yeah and they just do cover songs yeah and they're very monotone, but you know what? They've got a lot of charisma. They're selling it to the old people. Mm-hmm. And I'm really pissed that we skipped over how they actually met because Dustin or yeah, Dustin Hoffman, his character was playing at a restaurant as a piano man. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring this up because this was my favorite part of okay. the movie. And he's like, and now this is a special part of the evening. Uh, I met this couple two funny. years ago when they came here <laughs> and I saw them again the next year. And I told them if they came back for their 53rd anniversary, that I would have a special song for them. <laughs> and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, they are here. And then he starts talking about like, when I die, I have left some love for you in my will. <laughs> Not anything else though. Just love. Yeah, just love. It yeah. Is- just love in the will. <laughs> Yeah, the love and the will is as good a bad song as anything. It's <laughs> running out of time. <laughs> it's up there with "Can I Buy a Feeling" off of The Simpsons when Milhouse's dad gets divorced and has the mil- the midlife crisis. <laughs> that is that is good. Uh, yeah. So he he hears, he hears that song, loves it, wants to buy him a drink, and they are both songwriters now. Um, okay, so back to the the present, back to the future. Uh they Lyle goes to bed uh, and because he's tired and Chuck is like, well, I'm going to go drive around. But really, he's going to go meet Charles Grodin, Jim again. Um, but back in the hotel room, uh, our lady, her name is uh, Shira, Shira Assel, Shira Assel. She busts into the room. She's dressed like the, a man again. Um, she's trying to switch the suitcases back. And uh, Chuck or Lyle dive tackles her. Says, uh, how dare you break in here, boy? And then she's like pinned, and he's he, he keeps saying things like, Wow, you're you're really soft. You got soft skin he's for a boy. Soft. You're soft, boy. <laughs> you're never gonna make it in this business. <laughs> you smell you smell good like fruit and stuff, boy. Um, and then she plants one on him and he kisses her back fully that like he doesn't realize she's a lady by the tenderness of her lips. He keeps thinking she's a boy after that. It takes until he feels her boobs up to realize that she's a woman. But there's a moment in time where Lyle is like, I just got a heart on over a 13 year old boy. Not great. Well, and then he's like, look, you've got a long life ahead of you. You don't need to be doing this. And then she approaches him again, and he punches her right, right in, in the, the face. face. Yeah. <laughs> Which was super funny. Don't kiss me, 13-year-old boy that caused and me a boner. And then gives her a life talk, you know, about being a better person and shit. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how it ends up that he starts fondling her, but he's like, are these breasts? Yeah. It's a good thing that's your girlfriend, Warren, because... Yeah, I really still, it there. just doesn't. Even in the dark, she doesn't pass for a boy. No. Also, why did she eventually, in this scene, tells him, look, my name is Shira Sell. 
well, she doesn't say that, but she says that I'm the leader of this freedom fighting force who wants to uh, take down the emir because he is stealing all of the money from the people and we're all poor and dying and starving. Um, democracy. And he's like, that sounds cool. You seem cool. You seem like awesome. I'll I'll help with that. Um, why did you pretend you were a boy earlier? Like you made me get a boner thinking that you were a 13 year old boy and that didn't have to happen in this movie. I could have just gotten a boner thinking you were a hot lady and then we wouldn't have had this whole difficult thing to deal with, Justin. <laughs> you know, do me a favor, movie. Jesus, you can't even do that, can you? Making my life tough. Okay, you guys don't care. All right, so um, he uh, he's she's like, go to the market, talk to a guy named Muhammad, tell him you want to buy a blind camel, and... I will then find you if you ever want to talk. And he's like, yeah, I totally want to talk. You seem nice and hot and stuff. Uh, so Chuck, he he's meeting with Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, uh, so there's this terrorist. Her name's Shiracell. And you met with her at the airport. And we know. And now she's having sex with your partner. Um, so he's a commie. And uh, I need you to follow him and get uh, get the info who he's meeting with, what uh, what he's doing, if he's uh, supplying uh, nukes to Russia or Libya or maybe uh, little chemical weapons here and there to Yasser Arafat. Um, Hosni Mubarak. Pol Pot. Uh, the Kermini. What's his name? The Shah. The Ayatollah Khomeini? Yeah, yeah, the Ayatollah. There, now we're talking. Yeah. Who's the guy in Africa that's really bad at this point? Um, oh. Idi Amin. Idi Amin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You work, you're doing stuff with him? Idi Amin? Because he's just right over there. They're like, I don't. Is that near here? Is Libya near here? Yeah, dumbass. It's fucking near here. God damn it. Um, so now Lyle uh, sees Chuck coming in the room and hiding money. So Lyle's getting suspicious of Chuck as well. So where'd you get that money, buddy? And the morning comes, Lyle goes to find Shira and he's out for walking around and Chuck's following him and the CIA's following Chuck and then Lyle turns around and they all hide. That's what I thought was kind of funny. And then Chuck walks, or Lyle walks back and sees Chuck hiding against a wall. He's like, oh, hey, just wanted to, you ever wonder who lives here? <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought I'd... See who lived here. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was funny. Uh, but, oh, yeah. You want to go for a walk with me? Okay. So they go for a walk. Um, the you know, I'm just going to interject. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got a question to burn here yeah. before we keep going. Because sure. all – I didn't want to interrupt you because all that kind of rolls together. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody's roommate mm -hmm. and you see them stash that kind of mm -hmm. money and you guys are supposed to be best mm -hmm. friends – do you take the money and then be like, let's go to dinner? <laughs> and then secretly they're paying because they're buttholes and they're obviously doing something nefarious. And now they're going to have to take you out for dinner. Uh, Sam. Or do you just go, where did you get all that money? Yeah. I'm hungry. Can I have something <laughs> to eat? You could do that. 
could do that. See, this has happened to me before, uh, Jackie, when Sam and I um, were bringing the BMW from, from Boise to St. Louis. Um, he came into the room late at night one time with a wad of cash, and I said, uh, I, I asked him if I, I was hungry and he I could have some, and he said, no, you can't. And so then I followed him the next night because I was suspicious of him leaving the room. He was totally sucking dick behind uh, Tacos, mm-hmm. Tacos, Tacos, and they he's were He's like, where'd him. you get that money? Yeah. And I said, behind the dumpster. Yep. And he's like, there's money behind the dumpster? Mm-hmm. And I was like, only if you pull on enough wieners. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, no, it's in your best interest to uh, just... Go to sleep. <laughs> you didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> if well, you're you know, asking the least he what... could have done for you is to get you some free tacos out of the dumpster. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> hey man, I don't need I mean, cash. He was there. I don't need your I don't need your blowjob money, but dude, you're literally right next to the dumpster tacos. Can you help a brother out? <laughs> yeah, you know they're throwing out the wasted tacos at the end of the night. <laughs> Sam could have Sam could have helped, you know, this whole situation. Dumpster tacos and tug cream yep. sauce. <laughs> He's just got, Sam's Taco just got Bell's like one much. of those so belts. If you're really asking has... when's it okay to be annoyingly noisy and uh, a thief, never. Uh, yeah, right. Stay out you can it. stop being friends with the person who's doing nefarious <laughs> things for money anytime you want. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, so they decide to team up and go for a walk. The CIA is following them. The KGB's there following them. The uh, uh, the Emir's got his agents there. There's Arab general Arab agents. <coughs> um, they're all looking around, following them. And the boys are nabbed by I think the Emir's guys. And then g- the CIA pulls out guns, and there's silent shots all over the place. <coughs> um, and so they scramble and get away to a kid. They go to a kid's shop or a kid. This kid's like, Hey, follow me. He's like a kid that speaks English. So they're friends yeah, now. Right, right. And he's emotionally invested with them. Cause he, he saves them later. You should just skip over all of the nothing that happens. Cause ultimately yeah. like nothing happens. They say things yeah. like, Ooh, there's a prophecy. Oh, there's a plot. I'm the king of whatever country this is. I don't like the CIA unless you do stuff for me. And then they end up with a camel out in the middle of the desert. Right, because he asked for a blind camel to Mohammed. Uh, hey, is there a Mohammed? And 20 guys turn around. It's that old Fritz joke. Um, yeah. So uh, he buy he buys a blind camel. Not He doesn't get taken to whatever. Uh, Shira. Um He's buys a freaking bike camel. So they're stuck with it. Um, <coughs> and Charles Grodin um, is told by the Emir that the Emir wants these guys dead, not just the map. He wants them dead because if they are the messengers of the map of the prophecy, then people will think that he's not appointed by God to be the Emir and to give them all their money. They don't care. They're starving. They don't care who puts you there. They're starving. It's, it's fine. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, it's not fine, but. Whatever. Um, so uh, Jim's like, uh, go out in the desert to Chuck. Walk two hours this way and you'll find an oasis. Okay. Meanwhile, Shira sees that Chuck is talking to Jim and is like, okay, that guy is working with the CIA. Freedom fighters are like, we got to kill that guy. And she's like, you're right. Uh, it's better to kill these two men than 200. 
So now they got to die. So she goes to Lyle and it's like, Lyle, go out into the desert with these magic beads. It will lead you home because they'll glow in the dark and you'll have a path. And he's like, okay. And so they're now out in the desert (coughs) with a blind camel. Which is the camel is funny, right? It was funny enough. Yeah. Because it's just zigzagging all over the place and. Charles Grodin, when they're talking, when they're doing the tracking and he's got his hand and his his head in his hands and the guy's Mm -hmm. like, what's going on? And he's like, the camel's blind. And the guy's like, you're kidding. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. But that was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they're out in the desert. It's getting dark. uh, It's getting cold. And the wind kicks up and blows sand all over the beads but it doesn't matter because the beads didn't glow in the dark anyways because it was just her way of sending him out in the desert to to, to get what would to they just die, die, of die of desert thirst? business desert <coughs> exposure general exposure <coughs> god damn this cough sorry podcast listener throat's dry out of coffee so uh they're dying i guess vultures land blah 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 did you Allegedly, with the 108 hours of footage that they shot for this movie, 108, mm. 61 to 1 usage ratio on that, very high, 50 takes of this bird landing next to Hoffman. Wow. Cut. It just is flying around. Get another bird. The bird's giving me the eye. Do it again. Cut. <laughs> Ah, it's shit on camera. Cut. <laughs> yep. <coughs> no, it's too many. It's not, it's not funny. It's not a funny thing. Leave it out. Okay. They got birds all over the freaking place in this. Sh- like, just show us it's the flying. Birdemic. Yeah, whatever. Just, sh- oh, God damn it. That pisses me off, actually. All right. So they survive the night. Um, then they start arguing over who can date Shira. And, um, they realize that they've been suckered because the beads don't glow. There's no oasis. They're all by themselves. So they're super thirsty. They spot a truck and it's a illegal gun auction with no yeah, they're just auctioneer auctioning off guns in the desert, which according to the CIA happens all the time everywhere later with no auctioneer. So some guy just drove a bunch of guns out of the desert and then walked away. Auctioneer will be here later for these guns. The guy that sells guns, he's going to be here later to do that. I'm just driving this truck out here to the middle of the desert for him, who's never going to show up. Because Dustin Hoffman pretends to be the auctioneer. He doesn't speak Arabic. Um, he just g- does racist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, voice. They, I noticed some Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in there as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Lyle's dressed like a desert folk, so he plays along with it and convinces everybody that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cash starts <laughs> flying everywhere. Guns are going. Everybody's happy. But then the CIA show up in a helicopter, and everybody's like, cheese it, the flying fuzz. Mm-hmm. Ghetto bird is what the Arabians call them. It, the Ishtarians, I should say. Shit. Cheese it. It's the ghetto bird. <laughs> Oh, man, it's the man. The flying man. <laughs> the flying man. 
Who, Superman? No. <laughs> Motherfucking feds, yo. <laughs> anyway, they chase him off, and then they're still out in the desert with their camel. But they've got guns now. They've but got they a got shitload of guns. Because they're going to sell the guns for the- water. Groden tells the helicopter guy, no, you got to just go kill him now. Oh, so they go back to shoot at him, but they shoot back and he's like, oh, they got guns. Where did they get the guns? You're giving me blousy info. And Groden's like, oh, there's just fucking gun runners everywhere out there. They got some guns now, whatever. Yeah, so like- then they send them back with Airwolf. Yeah. Also, when I was reading about this, this was referred to as the climactic battle scene. Huh. Oh, okay. I guess Dustin Hoffman is in action movies. How about that? Because this is not a battle scene. Freaking Shira drives up with the kid because they know each other somehow. uh, And she's like, here, this is a grenade launcher. I'm taking this uh, RPG. Actually, it's a bazooka. And you get on that 50 cal and you get the... M1? That sucks for you, bud. Um, And they start just shooting at the airwolf chopper. The airwolf chopper's like, fuck, get out of here. Also, it is funny because the camel has given up. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with this crap with you guys. I'm just going to sit down. And it's like 10 feet away from where bullets are getting shot at it, but it's like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Your business is your business. I'm a camel. (laughs) So the, ch- the chopper's like, ah, get out of here. Uh, and they import the whole mission. And Groden's like, what? Uh, people shot at Americans in the desert? I don't know anything about that, Mr. President. Uh, do, 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 do. And but then Marty Freed's got him on the hook for a lucrative record deal. Because they, they sent the map in the mail to Marty Freed. To Marty Freed? Like, it's the Grail Diary? I don't know. <laughs> they just went to the post with it? I don't know. Apparently, you have to fly a guy back to New York to with a camera to get it fixed. So oh, and he can take the map. trusted the postal system pretty heavily here. <laughs> and so he, he's on, Marty Freed's on the phone with Jim, and Jim's like, okay, I need that map. Wait, you want social reform, which means the emir's going to have to get disposed, and Lyle and Clark the military has to back their global tour. These are your demands, Marty Freed, for the map. Keep yep. it. <laughs> you know what? Keep it. We can make a much bigger mess than that on our own, sir. No, he gives it to him. He needs that map. For what? Yep. The prophecy map. Okay, I got it. No, no. Uh, Gaddafi can't so th- get his hands on this thing. They just and then they, they're in, they're into the deal because Lyle and Chuck are so dumb is that they have like a shitty USO tour with like eighty soldiers in the club that they've been playing anyway. They're like, we made it big, yeah, <laughs> and they still stink. They suck. I I don't get telling the truth this is a dangerous business. <laughs> So I don't, I mean, like, we're very confused by the map, obviously, but still, this doesn't make sense. The prophecy is that these two guys, the messengers of God, will come in and uh, get rid of the emir uh, for the people. Yay, the people. And 
the whole movie, Jim's job is to protect the Emir because Gaddafi is bad and the Emir doesn't like Gaddafi and the Gaddafi doesn't like the Emir. But now he's like, okay, I need that map because my job is to protect the Emir. But in order to get the map, I've got to depose the Emir, thereby fulfilling the prophecy, thereby making the map of the prophecy completely irrelevant. And yes. I don't need that. No, you can, no, keep the map. It's in New York, whatever. It's just a dumb thing in New York now. It's, it's on somebody's cushions. Yeah, it's stupid. The map is stupid. It's the stupidest part of this movie. The map pisses me off. Okay. That's the end of the movie. Jackie, questions. How stupid is the woman in this movie? Because it was sewn onto the inside of the jacket mm -hmm. that she was that she wearing. she was wearing. Correct. Didn't, didn't notice that? Nope. When you were putting it on? I don't notice what's on the inside of my jacket because I put it on so fast. Oh, it's a it's a speed thing, is it? It is. You want to be badass, you just like throw it over your shoulders and like make a T, like action, like Nicolas Cage. That's how you put your jacket on if you want to be badass. And if you're doing that, you're not going to see stupid maps on the inside of it. I mean, come on. Yeah, you're probably right. What was I thinking? Yeah, that's how she puts on her jacket, man. She's thinking of Nick Cage the whole time. <laughs> Even though at this point in time, Nick Cage wasn't an action man. <laughs> was no. Raising Arizona at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, be gone in 60 seconds. You just throw that baby right on. <laughs> 10 years, lady. You're 10 years ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, she's pretty dumb, Jackie. She's pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean... She also cries at the end because she thinks that they're great. They, she loves great them. performers. Yeah. So, any chance at a three way? I mean, is that where things are going? London Bridges? I don't know. Because they both they both are real into her. Like, oh, I mean, not yeah. In that's not a <laughs> nobody gets entendre. the girl. She's just I think she just wandered. They get distracted by their non fame. And she wanders off with a copy of their album because she thinks they're great. Right. Because she doesn't know shit about music. She knows less about music than she knows about jackets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. No London Bridges. Good. Uh, yeah. I, I asked my big question. Sam? Do either of you like those Bob Hope movies with Bing Crosby? I I have only I've never seen one. Okay, um, the, the on the roads, or are you just talking about any Bob Hope, Bing Crosby? Movie? I think the majority of them are the on the road twos. Okay, I've never seen one. I just know the the song for on the road to Morocco. So I don't I don't know. I can't imagine watching him past the age of ten. You know, I loved Bob Hope when I was a kid, and Bob Hope, all yeah. the shit Bob Hope shit was way before my time. And when he died, when you're ten. When he died, I was probably about 10 years old. I want to say he died in about 89, and it broke my goddamn heart. I loved that man. Um, yeah. He was the first celebrity I remember dying, and it set me up on a path that I didn't like for basically forever. Um, yeah. Heroes are dying. I don't. So I don't know. I mean, I like the I like the Danny Kaye stuff a lot. Danny Kaye's not too far of a stone's throw from Bing and Bob. 
I feel like what I got to do is get Evie watching those so that she, because that's like my last window of enjoying them again is enjoying it around your kid. So it's kind of now or never on the Bob Hope movies, I think. Well, I mean, there's a, there's adult Bob Hope movies too, but those, those, those buddy vehicles for the two of them, I really feel like if you're over a certain age, they're just not as much fun. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't even know if they're streaming. I haven't seen anything about any of them in a long oh, you time. Bear, so. You'd have to be able to get a pack of 50 movies like that for $8, right? Yeah, we live in the future, Sam. If it's not streaming, our son doesn't want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, shit, most of that pr- stuff, that stuff's like probably getting dangerously close to public domain. Public domain, yeah. yeah. Another 10 years or so, probably. 10, 15, not too far. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to watch, actually. Uh, should check it out. Uh, final recommendations from me, unless anybody's got anything else. Uh, I it took okay. No. So, Jackie, uh, do or don't do. Okay. I I was entertained. I mean, I thought it was funny when they're in talking to the Sultan or whoever that is, and you know they're talking about politics, but yet he's shooting people in the yard. You know, just outside of his window and. There's like ah! I don't know. I, I mean, I <laughs> constantly. Yeah, that was kind of funny. And you know, like it wasn't great, but I don't want to throw it under a bus. So four out, uh, four out of ten. Okay, all right. That's a do not actually. <laughs> if you have okay, so you're if if you're sick, sick and, and you need something to sick. watch, this is it. If you got a diarrhea that only Ishtar will cure, then go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't that good. (laughs) Diarrhea, good. (laughs) Okay, Sam. I was bored to tears. Okay. I did not like it. Um, I don't think it's near as bad as anybody said. It honestly is about how I thought it was going to be. I was like, I bet this is just kind of a turd. And it was just kind of a turd. It wasn't like, it wasn't poorly made or anything. It was just... Not for me. And I don't really think that you could do. I think it's impossible what she tried to do because those Bob Hope Bing Crosby movies sold a 45 with every one of them because the songs weren't shitty. Like there's nothing for anyone here. Like these guys are not Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Right. Bing doesn't get the girl at the end of it. Mm -hmm. You can't even really decide if Dustin Hoffman's Bing Crosby because they're both so shitty. Mm -hmm. They're boobs. It's honestly like, I wouldn't be surprised if Dumb and Dumber was like, I bet we could do better with the idea of two idiots. Yeah. Yeah. The Fairley brothers saw Ishtar and like, we can take the core of this and do better. And they did. I mean, it's the same thing. You've got a couple of idiots. There's even a suitcase. Same thing. Suitcase caper. It's yeah, Dumb and Dumbers. Maybe it is the better use of this idea, but I cannot say do even even with knowing like well you can finally see Ishtar and if you're a bad movie person you have to and I'm like I don't know if I can tell you to do that because I was bored as hell. And I'm going to have telling the truth is a dangerous business stuck in my head for a week. And that's like the best part of it is getting that shitty song stuck in your head is the most redeeming thing the film has to offer. Uh, So when I went into this podcast unclear, I was like, it is going to take 
the end it is going to take me talking about it for an hour and a half to determine if I like this movie or not. And I don't, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's biggest quality is it's not that bad. It's but not that bad. That doesn't mean shit. Um, it has its moments. I, I think that there is things here that are spectacular. Again, Paul Williams songwriting is very hard to do. Warren Beatty's terrible, ta- you know, he's talentless. Uh, uh, act. Hey, act like you're talentless. It says Elaine May, the director. What? And then he Warren Beatty's his way through it. Um, I, yeah. you know, but again, like it sucks because it's such a missed opportunity. It's too stupid. And then they put too much. They shot it in the wrong way. Like some of the jokes don't land because of the way that it's the the tone of the picture, like the camel itself, like that camel should have been like fall out of your chair. Hilarious. It steps on Charles Grodin's foot. Uh, it's just being loud and obnoxious the whole time. It's bonking into people. But the way that all that comedy is shot fails completely to yeah, deliver laughs. It's not shot very comedically and neither one of them have the slapstick in them. No, no. Like the awkwardness is there with Beatty, but that camel routine isn't going to work without bonking your head on the thing, dropping the thing, picking your head up, bonking it, right. the camel farting on it. Like you got to push it. Like so much shit has to go wrong and be silly to make the camel bit work. There just wasn't enough of it yeah, to, to I, have it work yeah. all the way. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost there. Like if it had, been 15 minutes shorter and shot by somebody different it probably would have been there and this would have been one of the biggest bad movie debunked episodes we've ever done but the end of the story is it has some laughs here and there i don't think anybody's gonna hate it Um, nobody should hate it nobody should hate it it's just okay well i've seen ishtar yeah which i is an achievement so I guess do. <laughs> but I mean, that's the problem is that like having climbed, I've waited so many years that I'm like, that's it, huh? It's almost like I'm like, don't. It's, you're better off. You're going to be disappointed when you see how not terrible it is and also yeah, how not yeah. great it is. Yeah. You almost want to have that mythos still out there that, oh, Ishtar. But it's that it's just not there. It's like meeting your heroes. Oh, that was disappointing. In either direction. But at the same time, Joe Montana's like, picking his nose. <laughs> but at the same time, I wanted to talk a lot about it. I wanted to talk about sure. it for an hour and a half. So again, is it me? I'm back to a do. I don't know where I'm at on this film, even after an hour and a half. I, I like Jackie's argument. I like Sam's argument. I don't know what to do. Do what you want, listener. We need to leave it at a 50 50 because that's. Kind of what the movie does. It's yeah. just like, yeah. Right. God damn it. Okay. Ishtar. Uh, next week on the show is, po- is podcast. Podcast is picking a, a Sam for its movie. Picking a Sam for his movie. I didn't actually have a pick this time around. Don't we have listener feedback? Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Um, thank you, Sam. We've got an... I think you should do the Ten Commandments, the musical with Val Kilmer. No. Yeah. yeah, Ten Commandments. That looks good. Um, okay. 
Uh, we've got uh, an email here from a listener, Jeremy M. He says, Hi, Jeremy. He says, Hey, guys, I've been listening since about 2016. Haven't written in a while. Yep. Uh, it has been a while. Are you sure it's not Jeremy? Jeremy? Jeremy M. Jeremy. 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 It would be Jeremy. 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 That's what I tell my wife at night. Jeremy. Uh, okay, I've been listening since about 2016, haven't written in a while. Uh, I think this one is a gem worth checking out. About 12 minutes in, and I've already laughed pretty hard a few times. Blown Away, starring Jumpin' Jeff Bridges, Lloyd Bridges, and Tommy Lee Jones. Bad accents, silly's silly 90s tech, bad 90s music, probably more. I haven't finished it yet. Interestingly, if you're a fan of Sam's boring bullshit like myself, this mess came out about a month after Speed, which also involves Bomb Squad guys and dumb bomb booby traps. Were the three guys who wrote this the Speed guys' roommates or possibly just parallel dumbasses? Anyway, I'll leave the majority of the work and analysis to you guys if you decide to check it out. Happy New Year, because this is a very old email. Um, there, was a, there was an email incident. And uh, Coca-Cola got in my email and I couldn't check it. Uh, Happy New Year. Keep stinking. Jeremy. Um, I've seen Blown Away. I know Sam's Blown, Blown Away. Blown Away is terrible. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, if you need an idea, I think uh, Blown Away is a good one. Sam. Well, I actually have been waiting for Blown Away. I've been wanting to pick Blown Away for a long time because of how bad it is, but it's always on, like, it's never streaming for free and it's currently on Max. Okay. I have Max. <laughs> So okay, well, we're gonna do blown away too. this week. I've been wanting to do it for so long that I've been wanting to wait, do this movie for like. No, but I'm gonna pay four dollars to watch it on Voodoo. Oh my god, damn it! Just get a fucking month of sin of Max. I got so much Paramount to watch that I can't okay. do all of it. Yeah, once. there's a lot of good stuff on Paramount, but uh... do you have Hulu? Because it's also on Hulu. No, I've got Paramount and Netflix right no. now. No, I don't. You can do whatever you want, Sam. Um, but. Uh... But we're doing Blown Away because I've wanted to do this movie since we started doing the podcast. I okay. watched this at the theater and I was like, this shit is fucking terrible. I got it. I've got to just remind you again. Uh, vertical Limit. Vertical Limit. Still haven't done an episode. Still not streaming. <laughs> okay. They've got that hidden under a rock so that no one knows that they made it. Okay. Well, next week on the show. I will also say that oh. I love Jeff Bridges, too. So I'm excited for this. Thanks, Jeremy, for the... Uh, dude. Yeah. Tommy Lee. Okay. Uh, enjoy your week, guys. Get to the attack chopper. It's getting shot at. Is that a camel? <laughs>